Moving to New Zealand is no mean feat. There's so much planning involved. It's a massive deal. You have to sell your house. You have to tell the kids school. You have to tell the kids. You have to maybe get your cats and put them in a shipping thing and bring them over. The last thing you're expecting is to receive major news when you're just about to get on the flight to start your new life in New Zealand. On Saturday morning, I got a call from my boss that said there might be some hiccups. Thursday morning, uh, that company let me go. In this week's episode, you're going to meet Andrew. Andrew is in New Zealand on a student visa. He's with his wife. He's with his kids. They're living in Hamilton. They've got a whole new life. And he's going to tell you how that life in New Zealand has turned out. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand. There's a whole world here. So nice to be with you again. We call Octoroa around here, bro. Uh-huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian. Amazing New Zealand in the southern seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home. So, hello, Andrew, and welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here with me this morning. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. Crazy to be here, considering how many episodes we've listened to. And then here I am now. Yeah. <laughs> A little starstruck. <laughs> so can you just ju- jump straight in and just let you just tell us who you are and a little bit about your family where you've come from where you're sitting right now let's just take us right up today and then we'll jump right we'll get deep into your story but tell everyone okay. who you are yep andrew fry longtime listener first time podcaster my wife stacy daughter audrey is 11 almost 12 and elijah is seven almost eight four of us uh, we have two cats poppy and mia uh, who also joined us on this journey and uh, we arrived here in new zealand in february of this year after probably i'd say about two years of a full-on effort and maybe a year of kind of contemplation for that. Yeah, I'm sitting here currently in, at the University of Waikato, where I am a graduate student. That is how we arrived here, was on my student visa. Uh, my wife is on a partner of a, it's partner of a work visa, but I'm a student, so it's a little bit different. Uh, and then the kids are here kind of on dependence of, of me. So it's all kind of resting on my shoulders here at the university, which is where I'm sitting now. I've got class in a, a few hours, so. No pressure then. No pressure that it's all yeah. on your shoulders. Yeah. So where did you come from? Whereabouts? You're obviously American. Whereabouts did you come yeah. from? Yeah. Uh, we are from Indiana, Indianapolis specifically. We lived pretty much downtown. It's uh, an area called the Near East Side, which is roughly Indianapolis. It's, it's, it's not a terribly large city, but we were kind of right on the outside of it in a wonderful wonderful neighborhood. We loved that place. It was really hard leaving it. Uh, I had really put down roots there uh, since I think when it's 2013 is when we first moved to that area. Uh, and we had two homes throughout that area and, and lots of time, lots of memories, lots of friends. Uh, so yeah, we're from Indianapolis, uh, Midwest. For those listening to the podcast that aren't in the US, that's one thing I've learned here is a lot of people don't really know where things are in the US. No, it's just kind of like this big amorphous place. So yeah. we generally just say we're about three to four hours south of southeast of Chicago. Most people know where Chicago is. Right. We've heard of it. Yeah. So, uh, so first of all, can I just say I love your daughter's name. I absolutely love the name Audrey. It's just it's just 
beautiful. It's a lovely name and Elijah too. But yeah, I, I, I particularly like the name Audrey. So you are, I think you are, in fact, you are, I don't think, I know you are our first student to come on the podcast, someone who's come over and been on the podcast that is on a student visa. So that's, that, that's really interesting to me. So first of all, the other thing that stands out as well, and, and quite a few people say this, and I understand is because we said the same thing. When you talk about back in America, you always talk about it with fun. I can see that you're talking about it with fondness. It was obviously a very special place to you. You had lots of friends. Sounds like a, a, a is it a city or a town? It sounds like when you say downtown in, in Indianapolis, it sounds, it just sounds, well, because it's American, it just sounds good, you know? <laughs> Real city so, folk. Yeah, you, do, you, you talk about it with fondness. So there you are in, in the US, in this great place with all these lovely friends. Why, why did you up and leave? Why, why New Zealand? Oh, uh, well, I can't remember if it was on an episode of this podcast or another podcast or somewhere we were reading uh, in our journey. But there's kind of a push and a pull, right? So there's there's a a push away from uh, where we were at, uh, the environment we were in, or what we saw, kind of or thought was possibly coming. Um, and so there's a a push away, and then there's a pull too. So I, I feel like there's kind of two separate uh, two separate topics there, two separate things. So for us, the push away was just generally. I mean, there's politics to it. There's financial reasons to it. There's just, uh, for us, it was really just taking a hard look at, you know, is the future that we kind of see, these things that are starting to develop, is that the environment we really want to continue to kind of struggle through uh, and have our kids struggle through? Um, Kind of, you could start to see the impact it was having on the kids, and it was just kind of like, yeah, this isn't probably the future we want for them. Um, and then there's a pull. Uh, so for us, we kind of sat down and made like a list of different things that uh, places should have or would be nice to have or have to have, that kind of a thing. Um, and so we just started kind of writing down ideas of you know places we might want to go. Um, if they had any of these benefits or, you know, who checked off the most boxes kind of thing. Uh, and so we looked at Australia, we looked at Ireland, we looked at the UK. Um, we looked, we looked at Canada, we looked at Mexico, we looked at lots of places because, uh, there are a lot of places where, you know, your dollar can go more, right? Just, we talked a lot on the podcast about conversion rates and things. So there's places where you could go and your money would put you in a better place, but it may not have all these other things. And so just when looking at the whole picture, all the different checkboxes must have, nice to have, should have, those kind of things, uh, New Zealand checked off most of those boxes for us. Um, and so that's when we really decided that that's, the, that's where we wanted to be pulled towards. So for us, it really just started with taking a look and saying, uh, you know, we kind of want a better future for our kids. And the poll here uh, really kind of fulfilled some of that, as well as a better future for ourselves. So that led to the whole university conversation as well. So what were you doing back in Indianapolis? What was what 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 jobs did you and Stacy have? Uh, so Stacy was a licensed mental health counselor in LMHC, uh, worked specifically with um, kind of a lot of uh, trauma based therapy, uh, some relationship therapy. 
uh, a lot of her earlier experience was more in addictions uh, and therapy like that. So she has her master's in professional counseling. So she had her own private practice and had been running her own private practice as a therapist for uh, a couple of years, at least. Uh, sorry, Stacey, if I get the time wrong. Uh, I was kind of in the corporate world, uh, working as uh, like an operations and proposal manager for a, a global tech company. Um, and, you know, working had it, had a pretty flexible work environment before COVID hit. So then when COVID did hit, it was kind of easy for both of us to just work from home. So we were both homebodies, but kind of office mates really, right? Two separate things. So she had her, her business and I was doing my work and that was it. And the kids went to school and, you know, pretty typical uh, day in, day out for us. Mm. So before we jump into, uh, do you know what? I love, I love doing these podcasts. I just feel like, yeah, I, I feel so privileged that you're sitting opposite me to sharing your story. So thank you, first of all. But before I jump into why, you know, how you came to New Zealand on your your master's degree and things like that, the university, I just want to just go back to, because you did say we could see that it was impacting the kids. And obviously you and Stacey, with Stacey, you know, in 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 therapy, being a therapist and things like that, it would you would be on the lookout for things like this, but what, what, what kind of, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of things did the, that came up with the kids that you thought, Oh, hang on a minute, this isn't right. Uh, I think there's a, a couple different things and I'm going to try not to get too personal yes, uh, yeah. with it. I mean, it, well, we're sharing and being a little vulnerable. Um, I mean, obviously it's, it's really tough to talk about because I know there's other people in similar situations still who are, are trying to get here. So I'm, I'm going to try to be sensitive to everything. But for, for us, there were a few big points. Um, one of the big ones was just gun violence. Um, when our kids are having uh, weekly active shooter drills and there's just kind of that looming over them constantly, um, you know, they're having more drills to prepare for that than they are for other things in life or even just tornado or fire drills or things like that uh, that was pretty distressing um the other part is that uh audrey the oldest is neurodivergent and has um, a couple different things that kind of complicate that so that looming anxiety mm -hmm. which is not doing well for her mental health uh also her neurodivergence was kind of caught a little later in her life so the environment at school wasn't as um uh not catering but it, it wasn't a uh, supportive or conducive environment for that i mean it, there were attempts were made and, and i will give the school the credit for that but i think a lot of times the baggage that came with just having spent so long with some of those teachers and other students and peers and neighbors knew audrey as Audrey and just kind of credited those things to more of an attitude or um, kind of held it against her a little bit more than they would have if if she had just come in and been like, oh, by the way, um, I have I have these things going on. So I think both of those things in tandem was just really not making it to where uh, she felt like she could go to school and learn. Um, she didn't feel safe at school. She didn't feel comfortable at school. Uh, she was She's a brilliant, very bright kid, uh, but just in that environment wasn't either being challenged academically 
but then was being challenged socially and emotionally. And so it was just a, a huge disconnect there. Um, for us also, the youngest, uh, Elijah, he was really just, he's still showing it, uh, just kind of a pandemic baby where, you know, he hit, I don't know exact ages, but he, he spent a large time of formative development between like pre-kindergarten and kindergarten or pre-K and, and year one, uh, just at home with us. So his kind of, he, he lost a lot of that early social development and is just much more comfortable with mom and dad and at home and doesn't like to go out and do things, doesn't like large crowds, that kind of a thing. So when he actually started going into school, it was a little bit overwhelming. And so it was just not a, a great environment for him there either. We don't homeschool him now. Um, He's kind of bounced back from that. But at the time, it was just like a feeling of both our kids in school, not feeling safe, not feeling comfortable. Um, and for the oldest, it, it, it had a lot to do with just kind of gun violence. Um, and then just her neurodivergence, as well as just the, the environment of the state of Indiana, um, doing its best to kind of regulate against uh, just basic human rights. Um, and her not feeling safe and comfortable there either in that environment uh, where uh, she didn't feel like her rights and personal choices were being respected even at, you know, 10, 10 11 years old and not feeling very hopeful for the future uh, as she continued to grow up. So. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, that, I, I, yeah, that was, and thank you, Audrey and Elijah for letting your dad share that because yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I'm sure many, many parents, like you say, are going through, well, we know they are, they're going through similar situations and it's a, it must just feel so, so, so desperate because, you know, no matter how happy you are and how pretty your town is and how many good friends you've got, if your kids are coming home and they're not happy, it just breaks your heart, doesn't it? It's just, it's just awful. It's so. Were you and Stacy both? I, I promise I'll get into the New Zealand thing in a minute. But I just were you and Stacy both like on the same page? You both just said, "Look, you know, we are leaving." Or was one of you going, "Well, you know, maybe we can make it work." But well, how how did that look? You're smiling. It so. <laughs> it, it kind of waffled back and forth. Um, I had friends uh, who moved here from Colorado like 12 years ago. Um, so I knew of people who had moved from the U S to New Zealand. And back then it was just like, okay, these are friends, they moved here. Um, and it didn't seem the same as it did, you know, fast forward 10, 11 years when we're like, well, oh yeah. Uh, so I had kind of like, that'd be cool. Right. 12 years ago, I was like, oh, sweet friends moved there. Seems like a nice place. Seems fun. Uh, and then my wife's cousin, actually, uh, her and her husband and their family kind of bounced back and forth between uh, the U.S. And, and living here. They're both doctors. Uh, and then it was, I think, New Year's Eve 2019 when we were at a, a family thing with them, and they were about to move back here permanently. Um, and so I think they really put the bug in Stacy's ear that is kind of what led to to a lot of this right so i didn't think it was ever a realistic thing i'm just like in the back of my mind it's cool it's a, it's, a, it's a almost more of a fantasy and then i guess after talking with them and you know feeling a lot of the same things as well i was like oh wow that does sound like a better place not to new zealand is lovely not to make it out as magical christmas land but when you start talking to people that energy that enthusiasm is there so there is a magic to it and i think that really 
that really stuck with Stacey. And then as things started to develop uh, socially, politically within the U.S., within Indiana, it was really kind of like, what What if we do it? What if we go? What if we get out of here? Um, so, again, it wasn't directly necessarily New Zealand, but it was like we knew people that had, I don't want to say escaped, but yeah. had, had just yeah. started a new adventure somewhere yeah. else. Yes. Um, and so we kind of had those connections here, which is another thing that was on our list when we were checking that off. So it, it waffled back and forth of, well, let's check this out. Let's, it was, it was less about, let's see the results of this next election because elections change and people get elected, people get voted out, that kind of a thing. So it wasn't any one individual um, candidate election and things like that, that, that led to it. It was just kind of this general feeling and sense that the system wasn't going to fix itself. It was just going to kind of keep spiraling in, in, into this broken state that we didn't want to be in. And so we kind of waffled back and forth of like, can we, can't we, should we, shouldn't we? Um, and it was, I think, it was surprising to me when she first came up with, not first came up with the idea, but first came to me as kind of being willing and open to to the idea. And I was like, sweet. And then we started exploring it. And then I was like, this just, this sounds like a lot of work. This sounds like a lot of stress, a lot of risk. Um, so, you know, I looked at it pretty logically and rationally and kind of got turned off to the idea after that kind of, you know, risk and effort assessment. Um, we were comfortable. We had, we had friends, we had family, we had roots that we had put down. And so she started pushing and then I was like, okay, well then we explored it more. And then I think it was just, I think it really was COVID that kind of like reset that for us, which was just, yeah, this let's, let's do it. If we can, if we can come together as just like a little family unit of four and make it just ourselves. Cause we, you know, at that time you, you detach from a lot of these social things, you're not going out. So everyone kind of was forced into that situation. And it really became just like, here we are, we're this family of four. And if we can make it through this, yeah, sure. Let's go, let's go somewhere. We can do it. If we don't necessarily need the grandparents or all these other things that are nice, that are lovely and and we miss, but at the end of the day, it really is just, it's about the four of us and, and making it through together. So I think COVID kind of really coalesced our back and forthness together. Uh, and that's really when we started taking a, a big, harder look at, at doing it once we, once the world got out of that. And what did you say to the kids? Did you just say, how did they take it? Elijah being so young at the time was just like, eh, okay. Because again, being that sort of pandemic baby he was, it's like if I'm with mom and dad and Audrey, cool. Yeah. He's pretty pretty happy to go lucky with that. No, he wasn't quite old enough to have the strong attachments that would make it difficult for him. How old was he? Uh, so he, uh, so this is 2023. So he was just six or seven. Six or oh, seven. when he first found out, yeah, it's like five. So he's five. kind of just grown up knowing that yeah. we were moving away at some point. Um. Which, but he never shied away from making friends or, or you know, having fun. So he had friends and he misses some of them and that's perfectly natural and normal. I think Audrey took it a little bit more in stride at first and then kind of waffled back and forth as well. Like, well, I have these really strong attachments with certain people and I 
am struggling to balance that with the fact that it sounds exciting and kind of a restart. And I want to get away. There's there's people that she wanted to get away from just as much as she didn't want to leave other people too. Yeah. So she was kind of at that age where it was like, fresh start sounds nice, sounds exciting. Uh, but, you know, anxiety starts to take over in a, in a kid's mind. And I would say in general, they both took it pretty well, better than we expected, uh, better than some of the adults we told. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I <so>. bet. <laughs> it's not easy, is it, Andrew? It really isn't easy. And it's it, like you said, just touched on it then. It's it's a huge deal to move your family from one side of the world to the other. And um, had you been to New Zealand before or was this? No, no. Nope. <laughs> I, I think I'd only ever been out of the country once on, uh, I think we took a trip to Cancun one time. Yeah. And that's the only time I'd ever been out of the country. Um, I think flying here was only like my third or fourth flight ever in my life. So uh, I was pretty localized to uh, Indianapolis and kind of that area. Mm. But it wasn't anything new to me. I, I mean, the the area I grew up in, I was pretty quick to move out of there. Um, pretty quick to kind of like always ready to try new things. So it wasn't I wasn't risk averse to like going somewhere new per se. Um, and then Stacey, her growing up experience, she moved from Indiana down to Tennessee when she was about Audrey's age. Um, so she had some experience of just kind of like being uprooted as a kid, um, but still looks back on it more of as a positive experience rather than something that was pretty unsettling. So we had that to kind of go off of as well, where she had that personal connection with, I'm going to leave everything I know, and I'm going to go start somewhere new. And that actually turned out really well for me. And it gave me life experience that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I think that kind of helped drive some of that decision making as well for the kids. So did you sell, did you own a home? Did you sell, did you have to sell up or what did you do with yeah. all your stuff and things like that? Oh, <laughs> we had, uh, it was our second home in that area. So it was probably could throw a rock and hit our first house. Uh, but once we went up to two kids, we needed a large space. Um, and it was, I mean, I still miss that house. It was what we intended to like have the kids graduate high school and go off to college in that house. And then like eventually maybe someday sell it, but we put, we put some blood and sweat and tears into the place. And I mean, I still remember the first time I saw it and I was like, Oh, this is it. We're going to buy this house. So we owned it. Uh, when we decided to sell it, we it sold pretty quick. It was kind of a very, very hot market. So I think we right place, we were in the right place at the right time when we sold it uh, to kind of get as much out of it as we did. Uh, and that again was that was kind of a big we couldn't do it if we hadn't sold the house, right? So we acknowledge and understand that privilege and position of privilege that we had to be able to do that. Um and then we knew we were coming roughly when we were coming, just because that was one of the things that drove us the student visa route, which we can get into later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we downsized pretty heavily, uh, knowing what was coming into a just a still a three bedroom uh, duplex, half of a duplex, and rented that out for about six months while we spent a little more than six months. And we spent that six months kind of trying to live comfortably, but also getting rid of what we could. We don't need, we're not taking this bookshelf. We weren't taking furniture, right? Yeah. Um, we had done the math and we had looked things up here and said it would cost more for us to ship everything we have than it would to just 
buy it all new there or new or used. So we, uh, the, the Slack group, uh, they're not paying me to say this Slack group was invaluable in that some of that decision-making, uh, just learning kind of what other people had done and experienced and being able to say, well, we know this works, so we're going to follow that kind of plan. So yeah, we, we condensed down to, uh, four of these large Plano trunks and some, uh, uh, big duffels, uh, bags for clothes and things. And over the course of that six months, just kind of kept condensing down and down and packing away what we weren't going to, uh, what we were going to bring with us. Uh, we gave the kids each, I, I talked about this a little bit in the Slack group. Uh, we gave the kids each their own trunk. So it gave them a little bit of control of what they could and couldn't keep. It said, keep anything you want. Uh, it just has to fit in the trunk and it can, Yeah. So it it helped them feel a little more, yeah, in control of their own destiny uh, there with with what they could and couldn't keep, um, and it taught them some valuable lessons too about like what is really important to them versus what they just want to throw in there because it's easier than deciding whether or not they're going to keep it. Mm. Um, so yeah, we sold the house and then we spent about six months downsizing, uh, and then. We found out uh, that the last visa had been approved and spent like the next three days completely getting rid of everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, isn't it? Because like you, you mentioned the Slack, the, the Slack community, but we've got like team purge and then we've got team yeah. everything, haven't we? Like, you know, and it's just like they've got these little jokes going on that they're in the back garden just burning all the stuff that they don't need. They don't do that, by the way. But yeah, it's an interesting one, the purge. As you know, we brought everything with us. And you know what, Andrew? Half of it's in the loft. We were talking about this the other night. We, I can't tell you what's in that loft. And I, we had the exact <laughs> same conversation. I said to Bri, if you turn around to me and said now, by the way, Liz, the loft is empty and it's all gone. I sold it all. I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you what was in there. And it would just... Looking back, I've got a lot of respect and admiration for people who are brave enough and just like that to just not have that attachment and just think, no, we don't need it. We can, like you say, you can start, you can get secondhand here when you get here. It's not a big deal. But also, you know, just like that very, very personal thing, like maybe letters or, you know, like a a China cup that your grandma gave you or something. Yes, very well bring that. But do you really need to hump a double bed over when you can just, ugh, you know, get thing is I wanted my double bed because my double bed's comfy. So you know, it's just, but no, I've got a lot of respect for you for doing that. Yeah. It's not easy. That, it's not, it's, it's a choice that you have to make that calculation in your own mind of like, is this worth it to us? Mm. Nothing. There were a few pieces uh, uh, that were difficult not just physically to get rid of like heavy and old but just like yeah it's like oh wow this somebody gave this to me and i think the one of the most one of the biggest most fragile things we brought over was just like a i think it's a grandmother clock it's a wall hanging wall clock uh um I got but it fit in the bottom of the trunk oh, okay it's one of those bubble wrapped up really nice thing on it yeah, yeah okay yeah we call those grandfather clocks yeah just like oh they're lovely they're really nice yeah yeah uh but again we still haven't hung it up it's just it's it means more than its practical use because it was it was a gift and there were a couple other gifts it was like this is really hard to get rid of and there were other things too but it was that calculation of this bed doesn't mean anything does this this couch is like okay it's a couch um 
yeah, there was really nothing that we were that critically attached to that we, that you know couldn't be bolted down. I mean, that's probably not the correct expression, but yeah, we're funny things, human beings, aren't we? The way that we, you know, we 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 give attachment to things and like, oh yeah, that's mine, you know. Like sometimes, sometimes if I get in my own head, I sit here sometimes and I think, right, we're just sitting in like a box made of wood, you know, and like we we're so <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? And we're so like, oh, this is our house, like you know, it's like. That's a bit weird when you think about it. Just like if you really think about yeah. it, it's a bit weird, isn't it? How we just put ourselves in these little boxes and fill them with stuff and then just feel all like little moles, like, you know, like little, oh, nice and cozy and nice and secure. But it's just, yeah. So again, you've got to be a, a certain kind of person to step out of a box and just think, right, okay, let's get up my family and let's get to the other side of the world. And not only that, let's sell my house that I thought I was going to retire in and grow old in and um sell that and 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 let's shift over to the other side so tell me what why didn't you just come over because couldn't you come over on stacy's ticket because she's in healthcare or couldn't you come over as a tech person because you do techie things why what what <laughs> tell me <laughs> sorry i don't know the about tech but what did you what's the student thing tell me about that so we you know we had started we've made the decision we started listening to this podcast join the community uh doing all our research looking all that stuff up uh had consulted and started with new zealand shores remember if you're moving to new zealand and you're looking for an immigration advisor to help you with all the process the company we recommend are nz shores the guys over there are absolutely brilliant loads of members of our nz ahead private community use them and they have raved about them and that's why we recommend them the brilliant thing about nz shores is they offer a free assessment so if you're wondering whether or not you're eligible to move to new zealand you go to their website you fill out a form and they will contact contact you and tell you whether or not it's worth moving forward and how they can help you. And that's absolutely free. The way you can get to that assessment form is by going to www.nzshores.com slash Liz. So that's nzshores.com slash Liz. Go over there, fill out the form and you will be in such good hands with NZ Shores. Consulted and started with New Zealand Shores. That was kind of an option that was in the background there. Um, I don't think at the time, uh, counselor or therapist was on the tier one straight to residency list. I could be wrong, but I don't think it was. We we kind of looked, um, and because I think New Zealand Shores would have been like, well, this would be the option to go with, um, and it didn't feel it, trying to come over on the work visa is stressful just as stressful as everything else and we didn't really feel like we wanted to deal with that catch-22 of all the struggles because we tried we were like oh you know there's this job listing are you open to sponsoring a work visa that kind of a thing and like it was just it felt very demoralizing at first we probably spent about a month doing that process where it was like this isn't how we want to do it and the complication of you know one of us having to come over a few months early um, while the others stayed back and then establish and do interviews and things like that and get settled in didn't seem it, it seemed feasible, but it wasn't like something we wanted to achieve really. So we looked at it hard and we're like, well, the whole point of this is new adventure. Um, at the time, uh, my work was open to me keeping my job and upskilling through a, a, a master's degree. And 
we really just felt the student visa route gave us a little more control over the whole situation. Um, so it's, it was a little bit of a kind of like a, a dual purpose thing where it's like, yeah, I'm going to upskill. We'll go get my master's degree, but then that also will allow us to do this thing. Um, so I'm always cautious of, of saying it because I don't want it to feel like it was strictly an immigration scheme, although it, sometimes it does feel that way where, uh, you know, we, we pay for a master's degree and get a visa as a, as a side bonus, uh, or vice versa. Uh, so it just really, for us, that route gave us a little more control. It felt like we knew we had more of a timeline that we could work with versus this sort of always on the edge of your seat anticipation of job offer this, or how long is it going to take before some, we find somebody to do it. And then once we do it, how long is it going to take? So we kind of felt a little more in the driver's seat with the, with the student visa route. Uh, so that allowed us to really kind of say goodbye, say, well, we'll do it this and we'll start then. So we've got one more Christmas, one more set of birthdays, one more this, one more that, and just kind of give us that little bit of goodbye detachment time with, with the things that did matter. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for us, it, yeah, like I said, it just gave us a little more control um and took away some of the variability not not a lot <laughs> but enough uh because it was still i would say it's still pretty difficult so just to be clear then so your job you you are you you're doing the same job that you're doing but you're just upscaling upscaling and getting a master's degree in it is that right uh yes and no so i guess i don't want to no, I don't know that anybody listens to the podcast. It works for this company. So we'll just leave the name of the company out. Uh, <laughs> but it's a large global technology company um, that provides kind of software as a service. Um, and it's global. Uh, you know, there's a North America region. There's uh, an APAC region. There's, there's, it's a global tech company. Um, and so we spent uh, months kind of working with my manager and my manager's manager, like the global boss, working with HR of like how this would work. Uh, because on a student visa here in New Zealand, you can only work a maximum of 20 hours a week uh, part-time. So how is this going to work to kind of go down to part-time in a different region, in a different country? How am I going to get paid? All that stuff, working through all that through with HR. Uh, and then we were due to fly out from Indianapolis to LA on Sunday. Uh, on Saturday morning, I got a call from my boss that said there might be some hiccups. Oh God! Um, that <laughs> they were that. that they were at, at the time. I I won't rem I will never forget it because I was like struggling to be able to process it because we were in the middle of like selling the car and selling this. Like there was a very specific set of uh, sequence of events that needed to happen within a certain time for us to be able to like do what we needed to do and make our flights out on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like hearing this, and I'm like, I'm struggling to process what you're saying. Um, so I've I spent most of the travel time kind of worrying and stressing about that. And then the day after we got here, so flew out of LA on Monday, crossed the international dateline, get here on Wednesday morning, crashed Wednesday once we got it into town. Thursday morning, uh, that company let me go. No. So the day after we oh. arrived to this new country with the clothes on our back and the luggage uh, on top of having to find a place to live, finding a car, getting all this other stuff. Now I've got to throw the job thing into the mix too. So that was definitely a, an interesting, unique twist that I wasn't anticipating. Oh, Andrew, 
I didn't know. But that. I also, yeah, it's fine. In hindsight, it's like it's it feels a little like good riddance, but at the time, it was definitely a struggle uh, because you know that was that was a known entity, right? It was I know how to do this job. I can do it twenty hours a week. I can do it well. And there's the balance with with work and school and life. I know what it's going to pay. We can anticipate that kind of thing. So it was a pretty big wrinkle that we weren't anticipating, but I also wouldn't say it changed anything because we had discussed that beforehand. Like, well, what if my job says no? It's like, okay, then your job says no and we find something else. Like it wasn't going to impact or affect our decision. It, it impacted our ability to plan around it, but we probably, if they had said from the outset, this isn't going to work, we still would have made the same decision, I think. Not I think, we definitely would have made the same decision. Mm. Uh, so I think I forget the original question. I'm sorry. No, no, it's just, I didn't know they'd like, oh no. What did you say to Stacy? Who was that on the phone, Andrew? Oh, it was just my job. They've just fired me. That's all right. Keep going. Uh, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't laugh. That's I think she was, <laughs> she was still, I, I, I got to look back and laugh at the absurdity of it all. Um, isn't it always the way they just, just throw that in, you know, just to. Test. why not yeah exactly let's go we're gonna do it on hard extra hard mode yeah. um oh no, yeah she was still asleep she was still asleep she was still asleep so i did i had a little bit of time to drink some coffee scream at the clouds it's fine oh so you obviously got another job because you're working so yeah i i did find something eventually it was kind of tough uh at first and yeah. she is still we can get into that if there's time but she is still without a job just due to uh red tape and transferring her accreditations and credentials if there's anyone listening to the podcast who has an in with either in zach or somebody with the um new zealand i i don't remember what the acronym stands for uh but we're still waiting on her uh, qualifications and everything to transfer so she can have that certification, um, which she requires, which is required for, for most of the jobs that, that she's applying to. Mm -hmm. um, so I just found mine uh, and it's, it's really good. It's going well. Again, mm -hmm. so it's part-time. So that's something that, that you have to consider when you're doing that is uh, you're not going to have a full-time job, which is okay. I don't know how I could manage a full-time job and this university workload. So I, I kind of understand why they make that restriction now. It's now coming together because we did a podcast last week together. We did a live Zoom call in our community. We do a live Zoom call, me and Bri, with members of the community. And last month's or last week's one that we did was all about spending money in New Zealand, wasn't it? The, the cost of living. And I was blown away by the fact that you and a family, your family of four are living on $250 a week groceries. That, that just, I cannot believe you're doing that. That's I'm, I'm so impressed. But now that you've told me your situation, I didn't know that Stacy wasn't working and you're only allowed to work 20 hours a week. Um, the rest of well, you, you're like one of those students, aren't you? you live off beans, you know, when you just, they're just like eating noodles all day. <laughs> I mean, we do, we do have beans, but like, it's, it's not terrible. I mean, we, we knew what our runway was yeah. we, or what our runway is. We had the nest egg from selling the house because we knew that it would require some of that if I'm only working part-time. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're bleeding out of that. Mm. Uh, and I'd like to stop that bleeding, but I don't know how much her having a job would change kind of that grocery uh, part of our budget line, which again, the reason I volunteered was I had 
gotten the job finally. So I felt like we could establish really more of a, a budget. So I felt fresh off of uh, uh, budgeting and I was like, yeah, I'll volunteer because I just did one of those. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's flexible. There's some weeks, like I, I posted a couple where there's some weeks where it's like 200 bucks and we're good for the Sunday through Sunday kind of thing. And then there's others where it's probably up to 275 just because we splurge or we get a little of this or we run out of something that we don't buy every week, but we need to buy like uh, on a on a more monthly basis kind of a thing. So budgeting has definitely been interesting, uh, but I'd still say all in all, we're still living probably within the same means, maybe just a little less comfortably. So you come to New Zealand. Let me just just quickly just uh, just touch on. So on your visa, Stacy, tell me tell me when Stacy can work, and the, are the kids paying international fees to be in school, or can they just come to school on your visa? Just quickly tell me how yeah. how the visa looks. So for her, she just has a straight uh, uh, partner of a work visa holder, so she can work right away, and she has no restrictions. It's for her. It's it's the same as. Uh, if I had a full-time job that was sponsoring my visa, right. Uh, same for the kids. So once we find found a, a more permanent place to live and not an Airbnb, we got them into schools and they're just there. Um, for me, because I'm at a master's level, my student visa goes for the duration of the program, which is about a year. Uh, and then once that is up, it includes a three-year post-study work visa. Right. So uh, on top of the one year for school, there'll be another three years uh, that we'll have on our work visa. So at that time that I graduate, I'll reapply for that. And then the kids and Stacy will reapply as the same kind of group package uh, on the dependent part of that. Right. So they, the kids are just in school, uh, thriving, and uh, Stacy's allowed to work, uh, no restrictions. But she's just waiting for her qualifications to be... Waiting for those, yeah. Yes. Transferred or or if there there is a second path we're we're working on now where she'll be able to earn a different set of qualifications, but still kind of within her realm and her skill set. How is she? Is she okay? Is she okay with just going? She's she, bored. I was going to say very yeah. bored. Yeah, yeah. It's it, not easy, it's, that, is it? Going from a prof- being a professional and then coming over and just you know, I'm sure she's not sitting there twiddling her thumbs, but it's a massive lifestyle change, isn't it? Just to yeah. I mean, for us, we we, all, we said for the first few months, it felt very much just like a stressful vacation. Yeah. Um, so you're in this new place. You're kind of having fun, but you're also super stressed out. Um, and I feel like that's still kind of a phase we're in until really we've got that second income coming. Yeah. Um, not just income, but something to do, feeling like you're contributing. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, getting back into the swing of things and having a rhythm. Uh, so... I mean, not that parenting isn't a full-time job, because uh, it is, but we, yeah, I, I think that it's just boredom and yeah. there's, there's some frustration as well, right? Here's, there's, there's two different positions on the tier one straight to residency green list that she could fulfill, but because of, I don't, I don't think it's red tape, just, I don't even want to call it bureaucracy, but the lack of sort of not enthusiasm but lack of effort from the qualifications teams and departments that are supposed to be working on this she's just sitting around for six months unable to fulfill any of these roles so like we really need these people 
we're going to really drag our feet. This other organization is going to really drag their feet on getting those qualifications. And it's like, that's, there's a huge disconnect there. So it's supremely frustrating. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, are the, are the, I just I've got so many things I want to ask you, but I always, oh. I always think when I do these podcasts, it's like, just allow three hours, Liz, so you can just get in. But I'm trying, I'm aware that you've got work to do and you're, you're, you've got an appointment to, to, to me. So the kids, how are they? Are they, are they happy in school? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I mean, not without normal issues for their age range and things like that, but I would definitely say, you know, if we, if we look at one of the reasons we wanted to move here was better for the kids, check that box off the list. Uh, really thriving. Um, Audrey is doing great at school, uh, excelling in academically being challenged academically. And I think part of that too, is just, there's a lot of new things for her to learn that she probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, so she's learning her, her the history in classes is a lot different. So she's got to catch up on that, but she's doing it brilliantly. Um, and just, she goes to a smaller school as well than she's used to, but she chose that she had the option and that's what she chose. And she's just, she's made friends. She's uh, yeah. There's other kids that probably aren't the nicest to her, uh, but that's going to happen at any school you go to. Um, you're not going to find a, perfect environment where everyone's all hunky-dory but she's just really thriving in that and then elijah definitely the same uh i think there was a little bit of struggle on elijah's front academically just because you know the the curriculum and style of teaching in in the u.s is different than here so he had a little bit of catching up to do uh, as well as them kind of being bumped up years uh just because of their ages and when the terms started but he's just it, it really just needed a, a few months of him being in a routine versus as disruptive as moving here was. And he's just he's doing great academically. Socially, this kid doesn't know a stranger. He just makes friends on the playground with anybody. Uh, he doesn't like when I say it, but I mean, this kid is is Kiwi as because he <laughs> he's barefoot everywhere. He'll He'll put on shoes, get to school and then the shoes just come off. Um, he is trying all sorts of different inventions on toast, uh, just likes to make whatever he wants and puts it on toast. Uh, he's drinking tea. Like this, this kid is just really kind of becoming his own little Kiwi self. Uh, yeah. so it's really great to see him, see from, from him that it's kind of, uh, really getting into it. Like yeah. the excitement was never there. Oh, the, also, you should have seen this kid at Matariki. He loved Everything about Matariki really? was, was amazing to him. So he really embraced that uh, and and grew quite a bit culturally and learning all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the kids are just doing great, yeah. just great. And it's really lovely to see. That's great because I like what you just said earlier, because as you know, I'm very, I'm very, I make it's, it's big. I make it a big point to let people know that exactly what you said earlier. It's not the land of milk and honey. You're not going to get here and it's just going to be like, ta-da, you know, everything is just wonderful now. It's great. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's, my mom always says it's not paradise, but it's close sort of thing, you know, but it's just that I remember vividly that feeling when you just said that, I just thought, oh, it just brought everything back when you first arrive here and you're supposed to have this feeling of like, oh we're in new zealand like you know like let's get like with us let's get a camper and drive around but all the time in your back of your mind and brian especially you're thinking well how am i going to get a job like you know where are we gonna what are the kids going to be like where are we going to live like you know what what stacy going to do it's just 
you want to be able to just go, ah, we're here, but you can't. And that's reality. You're here, you're starting a new life. You've got it all to sort out, like, you know, um, but what I will say to you as a reassurance is once Stacey's qualifications come through and she starts work and, you know, everything just, it does start to fall into place. You just get that routine going and you're, but those first few months that they're, they're tough, you know, they're just, and that's normal, isn't it? You know, you've come from the other side of the world to completely different culture. You know, it's just, it, everything's new. Like I say, Stacey's not working and just kids have got to make new friends. And it's, it's just, it's a big readjustment, isn't it, Andrew? Yeah. And I think the, the planner that I am, you know, foolheartedly thought, uh, you know, with as much time as we had to plan and going student visa route, we felt a little more in control that things would fall into place kind of in certain ways and at certain times. And by and large, they have, but that time frame is just wildly different than I would have anticipated. So it takes time. We're six months in somewhere around there and yeah. things are starting to take shape. Um, I think for us too, or at least for me personally, the when we first started talking about it, in uh, making serious plans to make the move, I was like, well, okay, cool. We got the school will start in the, a big kind of moving target or not moving target was I just, we just wanted to be here by the time the world cup happened. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, as long as we can make it by the time the world cup starts, right. that we'll, we'll just call Let's it a success. Think. Yeah. So, you know, I took Audrey to the, the opening match up in Auckland and it was just, that was a huge sigh. Uh -huh. I, I mean, mentally just being like, Oh, we did the thing. We did We're it. here. We made it. It was kind of that processing of what I thought I was going to get at the airport when we landed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it took it took several months later before it finally just kind of hit me yeah. that we'd done the thing and could kind of breathe a little bit and enjoy yeah. it a little more than just feeling constantly like, uh, got to fix this, got to do that. So, oh, stories like that always bring a tear to my eye, and you know, it's just. It, it never leaves you. 14 years later, I can stand on our deck sometimes and I just say to Brian, can you believe we live in New Zealand? Yeah. It's so weird. It never leaves you, Andrew. It really That's good to hear because I don't want to lose it, right? I'll, I'll step out in the backyard to take the trash out and look up and just be like, wow. Because you can see stars all yeah. the time, every night, just, well, not unless there's clouds, but just there's some magic to it that you just, I hope never goes away. Yeah. Um, well, it hasn't gone away so in years. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to Tanya from the Slack group. I did a podcast with her a couple of days ago and I said, you know what, she's come from England. And I said, what is it about New Zealand? Why New Zealand? And she said, Liz, she said, it's a really difficult question. She said, because you have to be here. She's been here a year, bear in mind. She's a year in September. So a bit longer than you, but she just said, it just feels free. And I just, I just, I saw her face when she said that. And she just like, and I don't know free from what she said, but it just feels free. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But she also yeah. said, you have to be here to get that feeling of like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. You know, it's just. It's it, without getting too much into it from, you know, what we talked about earlier, but there's just, there isn't that undercurrent of almost hostility of of pressure of stress or whatever so there is yeah there's a freedom to kind of being here that it's not like you can do whatever you want obviously right. but just the the speed 
the approach to so many different things feels much more in line with kind of where we want to be. And it does take some conscious thought sometimes to allow yourself to take that deep breath and relax that you don't have to worry about this or yes, you know, this is fine. It's okay to do this or it's okay to feel that relief, right? Oh, Andrew, um, before I let you go, because I'm, I'm, I've kept you now, we're near, we've got a couple of minutes left, but before, before, sure. I let, before I let you go, you're in the Tron, you're in Hamilton, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Let's I don't know why everyone talks bad about this place. <laughs> Tell me about Hamilton. I mean, yeah. What, uh, I mean, what, what is it like? It's, I don't want to say it's flat. It's not as vertical. So like we're city folk. I'm used to living in a more urban downtown uh, environment. So the CBD is nice, but there's only a few tall buildings, kind of a, a feel. But it's it's almost like a Goldilocks little city. And I don't want to oversell this, uh, but we didn't want to live in Auckland. We still don't want to live in Auckland. No offense to anyone in the Auckland group or Ryan or anybody. He's more Northland anyways, but Auckland just isn't, it doesn't seem like it's for us. Uh, but we're close enough that if something's going on in Auckland, we're an hour and a half on a good day with traffic away, That's two good. hours if it's yeah. bad. Uh, we've got 45 minutes if we want to go out west to Raglan to the beach, or we can go out to Tarnana for like an hour and a half. We're mm -hmm. close to Hobbiton. Like it, it feels really well centrally located. Yeah. Um, so we're close enough to whatever we'd like. The cost of living is probably lower than it would be in Auckland or Wellington or Christchurch. I don't know about Dunedin. That's a little too far south for Stacey. She wanted more sunshine. Mm. Don't want to get into that debate, but <laughs> we, we love Hamilton. I think for us, it's a, it definitely a little slower. There's less to do. It's, it's more like pockets of which mall you're closest to, but it's still a great city. I don't know why people talk bad about it. It's cost of living is good, centrally located. It's beautiful. Uh, we're, we're fairly close to the river. So it's got a big river running through the middle of it. Lovely city, lovely people um, could be happy living here longer term. So we, we don't know what the future holds, but if we're still in Hamilton and there's jobs for us here, could be perfectly happy. Yeah. I must admit, I've all, I love Hamilton. I think it's, I think it's a lovely city and I love the fact that it's so close to Auckland. Have you been to the, um, have you been to the art house cinema there yet? Have you been to that little cinema, the little art house one? Can't remember. In Hamilton? Name. Yeah. There's an art house cinema. It is the prettiest, loveliest cinema that you you'll ever go to. It's like got all purple velvet curtains and you know, those big seats where they serve you tea and coffee. I think you can have a glass of wine and it's one of those like boutique cinemas. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's upstairs somewhere in a mall, if I remember rightly, but we've been there a couple of times and it's just, oh, it's just a lovely night out. You know, really, I, I wish we had one of those in New Plymouth, but we haven't. And also the gardens, the where you can go yeah. look around the like all the little parts of the world, like the India Garden, Japanese Garden, and it's just gorgeous. And it's free. I know. Uh, for now, I think they're talking about making it not free for non-residents, but that's a whole other conversation. There's so many different things to do here. Playgrounds all over the place. So many different things to explore that, I mean... I think even more than a year out from now, we'll still be saying, oh yeah, we haven't done that yet. We need to try this. We need to do this. The gardens are, are a multi-visit uh, experience where you have to go more than once to really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, but then, yeah, if you want to go to the Auckland Zoo, you can go to the Auckland Zoo. If you want to yeah. go hit up a beach, you can choose a direction and find a beach pretty quickly. That sounds great. That sounds, and you're happy. What, how's the university? Are you happy at university? 
Oh, I mean, no, who likes school? Um, I, Ooh, I could see a part two coming up here. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like I'm achieving my goals, right? I, I am learning some new things, which is great. Um, I definitely probably feel a little, I feel young, don't get me wrong, but I feel old uh, sometimes in some of these classes because it definitely feels like some of these kids are coming straight out of their bachelor's. So it's just like, you know, you go from secondary and then you you grab your bachelor's degree and then you just do your master's degree. So I feel a little older than a lot of the class. Um, are you the oldest class? I don't think so. No. I, there's a couple others and it depends yeah. on the term as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, hit, I'm checking those boxes. I'm achieving those goals. Um, definitely feel like it's a valuable experience versus just I'm doing it to get uh, to get a, a master's degree to my name. Right. So that's been, I'm only two terms in. So there's only really one trimester left and then an internship and I'll be done. Right. And do you just like turn up and go like, I'm imagining you turn up and you go to a classroom and it's like all layered like this, like, you know, like going back and the, and the person at the front stands at the front and gives you all these lessons. Is that's what it's like or not? I mean, kind of, it's smaller. I could turn the camera around really quick and, oh, and show. Oh, let me have a look. Yeah. All right. Fine. Like here's, <laughs> so I'm just sitting at the front end of the class and it's your pretty oh, typical. Yeah. See, that's how I imagined yeah. it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And I'm. There's only, it's a very short master's program. So it takes, a, uh, only takes a year and there's only two papers. They call them papers, not courses. There's only two papers per term. So I'm really only on campus once or twice a week, which is not how I expected it at all, right? I thought I would be here Monday through Friday, taking all courses, different things. No, I'm here a couple of days a week and that's it. Um, that's the other nice thing about Hamilton is that nothing is too far away. So I live probably on the opposite end for, of the city. So the Northwest corner, and this is probably on the Southeast corner yeah. of the university, but it still is 15 minute drive, 30 minute bike ride, probably 20, 20 to 40 minute bike ride, mm. uh, which I've done when the weather's nice enough. It's been raining a lot, but nothing in Hamilton is far away. And then Hamilton isn't far away from anything else either. Oh, I'm just, it's a great story. I just, I, I, I love hearing people's story and yours is, yours is fantastic because yeah, just to do that whole thing and come over as be a student, that has been a big life changing. If you, if you're going to do it, you might as well go the full hog, might you, you know, just change everything about yeah. you. And you brought your cats over. Okay. They're, they're with you. Yeah. Those little, I can't curse, but yeah, they're here. <laughs> it, I'm sorry, Stacy and kids, if you listen to this, I, yeah, I love our cats and they're great. Uh, but I still don't know if that math checks out in my head, uh, just, mm -hmm. but they're fine. They're great. It's a hard one. They, they, they took, they took a week to kind of really, uh, get settled in and realize kind of what had happened. But I think they've forgiven us at this point based on the number of cuddles we've gotten. So, yeah. Oh, so and you found oh you found, I know you found a rental that would let, take your cats and things like that, but yeah. Oh, again, it's a it's a whole new a whole new topic, and I know that I can't keep you much longer because I've kept you an hour. But maybe we could maybe you oh, just come, come back and just do part two and just you know let's let's catch up when Stacy's yeah. working and just tell us how you're getting on. But yeah, yeah. happy to do it. I really, I really, really appreciate you coming on. And I appreciate you so much for everything that you give to the Slack group, Andrew. You know, like I say, just joining in and just let, letting us all know because it's all very well when you're, 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 you haven't moved here yet and you're all in that same boat. But 
the valuable stuff is when someone is here and you're like, what's it like? You know, what are the, how are the kids and how, what the supermarkets like and things like that. It's just, so I really appreciate everything. Me and Brian really appreciate everything that you bring and, um, and just for joining me on this podcast today. Yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, and the community. We wouldn't, we really honestly, truly wouldn't be here without it. So oh, that's, thank you. You get off to stu- you get off to class now so that you're not yep. late. You got your noodles in your bag, your, your pot noodle. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll probably just skip. I don't know that it's in my budget today. <laughs> okay, well, you give Stacey and the kids a big hug from me. And like I say, thank you for your time today and for joining us on the podcast. And I'll yep. speak Cheers. to you soon. Okay, bye, bye Andrew. If you dream of moving to New Zealand, then you are going to love what I'm about to share with you. 12 years ago, when me and Bri emigrated to New Zealand, we were scouring the internet, trying to find any information that we could about what our life would be like when we got here. And basically all we had was YouTube. So we made this vow. We said, when we get to New Zealand, we're going to create something that we can share with others that answers those questions that you're so desperate to know about, like what is your life going to be like when you get here? And that's what I'm here to offer you today. We have created a five-day free, absolutely free video guide that shows you what it's really like to live in New Zealand. This stuff is unique and it is fabulous. You are not going to find it anywhere else on the internet. And like I say, it's absolutely free. You'll be sent a video every day for five days and you will know what it's like in New Zealand. So head over to the website. It's www.nzahead/free. One more time, that's www.nzahead/free. You are going to love it.